gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to maybe, I've said too much, the ambient of internet radio. Thank you for stopping by for another thrilling conversation. My name is Mike Laffey, and I will again be your host and guide on this passage through the Perpetual Podcast Parkway. As always, I'm joined by my other co-hosts and navigators, Joel Crawford and Izzy Swan. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? I, I'm fantastic. Izzy, how are you? Man, I am freaking excited. We have a really fun topic tonight, and we're not going to talk about it yet because I'm doing my segue thing. I know. I'm sorry, Mike. But I, I, I'm just going to say right now that I am super excited about this conversation, so y'all are going to want to stick around for this. Well, so, we were just introduced as a drug that helps you sleep and have weird dreams. <laughs> we're just, I listen, I like to be, you know, I, I, I like to know who I am, is, is all I can say. So, so, but, I feel uh, like we're in a Matrix movie, you know, above the door sign, know thyself. <laughs> exactly. Yes, um, I don't have any bumper sticker quotes for tonight, though. Is the only problem, so I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm going to work them in. So can I, uh, can I tell you guys where I was this afternoon? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can, silly. Good. I was going to tell you anyway. I didn't care about like, what you actually thought about it. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, I went to uh, our local Tandy leather shop, Ooh. and. Uh, Man, could I drop some bank. I mean, I didn't realize exactly how good I have at, you know, buying just exotic lumber. But I, I bought, um, I'm making a shop apron, and I have a laser. Out of leather? <laughs> you you yeah, have a laser of, named Izzy. I have, a, <laughs> I have Izzy the laser. And uh, one of the cool things about lasers is that it's insanely practical to use on leather. So I'm going to do my little bit on there, and I figured a shop apron, how bad could I screw it up? All right, Joel, that's it. You've talked me into it. I'm coming to play with you. Oh, please. Ooh, why? Is that because he's got leather? Because No, because he has a lather. <laughs> he has a lather, and I love leather work, and I just saw Ben just did a video. Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern just did a video on um, cutting laser, uh, leather with a laser, and I'm like, oh, you could do some really cool patterns with that I, sucker. I love Ben, and I think that is amazing, the work that he put into that. I just think that all I could think of... Uh, Too many it, snaps. Oh, my God. Could you imagine being, like, a w- war journalist and then having, like, these insane things happening around here, and you're like, hold on, I need 15 minutes to get to my camera. Right on. <laughs> well, the thing is, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter because he didn't make it for himself. He made it right. for his sister, Jesse. so... Right. You know, no, it was, it was fantastic. Concept and all, it looks like a cargo net. And every joining piece around this wooden box has uh, got a buckle on it. Right. Uh, on. But it also means that I think there's like four per three sides. I think there's like 12 or maybe 10, somewhere in there. And uh, Oh, no, there's there's six on the top and three on each side, From if I remember right. So 12, yeah, so that's insane. Yeah. So it's anyway, it's beautiful, and it's a great work of art. It is impractical as hell. Yeah, but, but anyway. It's still, it's still sexy. I mean, come oh, on. Oh, yeah, that it was, is. That yeah, was yeah, nice. Well, well, his whole thing is design, so that's, you know, are you kidding me? Make make things impractical. That's the whole purpose of design. Uh, Amen when, for that. You know, when when it's not, uh, if everything was made practical, it would be a very boring world. But the uh, yeah. but it, I figured at least for my, you know, foray into a, a completely, in, you know, new medium for me, 
uh, I figured, I, you know, I'll make a shop apron. It's got two straps on it, uh, and it's kind of a trapezoid. And how hard could you screw that up? The um, right are you are you going to be doing like? Uh, see, I think shop apron. I think like uh, what's that? Ghost uh, Ghost Rider, you know, <laughs> with like studs sticking out of it. And no, kind of, you know, like some, I, I haven't like gone a, like a skull burned into it. You know that type of thing. Or we just well, like, I, you know. You, I can engrave on leather. That's one of the benefits. But um, it, actually, I'm cheating because I'm actually, most people who work on leather, it's my understanding is that you buy a bunch of punches and sets and, you know, the hammers and tools and things to work on it because leather is too, really, most, like, workman leather, like the, the leather that we would use, not necessarily the assets chaps that you have in your drawer, Mike, but, uh, but, but the, like, holsters and... <laughs> And, uh, hey, that was private. Joel, have I'm you sorry. been going through my drawers again? I'm, I'm sorry. Come on. Izzy, it's always a pleasure to go through your drawers. Um, <laughs> no, but but the holes have to be punched before you can can sew them up because a needle isn't, or at least most needles, there are some sharp needles that can actually thread. So I'm going to actually do that all on the laser. I'm going to lay out those, what would be punched, I'll burn out those little holes um and completely cheat like it is there is no way that this could i could be considered a craftsman of this i simply put dots on a screen and make it do in real life so i'm, well, I'm really excited as, about the cheating as a partial segue into our conversation for this evening though but i mean you're a man that woodworks with cnc already so at this sure. point you're not even a true woodworker to begin with that's that's oh, also no. true <laughs> i mean that's, that's you know, I've I've been man, called we're, worse. We're five minutes into this, and the punches are already flying. What the hell? I, I've been called worse. It's it's actually uh, it's true that uh, I don't come out of the office. All I have to do is turn on you know three switches, and uh, there are automatic sanders, and I have overhead cranes, and there are small <laughs> drones that carry piece by piece the yes. work through the shop. I don't even have employees anymore. They're you know outsourced to Singapore. <laughs> Yeah, see, when the rest of us say, hey, I'm going to get in the shop and let the sawdust fly, Joe goes, what's sawdust? What's sawdust? <laughs> you don't have machines to do that for you? <laughs> How unsanitary. Oh, no. Yeah, this sawdust How... nonsense you're talking about. How, cr- how crude. <laughs> so, no, uh... Yeah, so anyway, I, I didn't mean to, I, I wanted to tell you that funny story just because I, I say, how hard could it be to make a leather shop apron on, uh, you know, and I have no doubt that it'll end up looking like a Picasso when I'm done. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's got to have studs, right? I mean, like, yeah. You know, okay, yeah. Joel, yeah. if you're looking for a little inspiration, I've been, I've been talking to Atlas 46. They make kind of uh, quasi-military-ish workwear for men. Yeah, I have some aprons that are really cool, and I was just checking them out. In fact, I was just checking them out last night online. I'm actually going to order some stuff from them, and uh, they have you know the pants, the aprons, all that. But I would I would go check them out. Atlas Forty Six, go check them out. They got okay, some cool. super super cool stuff. So yeah, great for inspiration, especially if you're in that uh, let's make a cool apron a mode. Well, on, I was, I have been a, looking on a, at on a laser on a laser named Izzy. That's just right that just on makes a me laser happy to say that I'm going to put my leather inside Izzy. And uh, and see what I can come up with. 
Uh, <laughs> this this already feels like the episode that's not going to air. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. We're going to be like, so episode nine. How why did they change? Why did they change their their rating? <laughs> well, we, we I started off right from the get go. I didn't want to get pulled. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I knew if we hadn't gotten there yet, it was going there eventually. So it just. Uh, we just have to, you know, our six people that are tuned in. I think they're, uh, I think they're well aware of our, of a uh, flagrant dis, uh, disregard for uh, anything tasteful. Joel, I have to correct you there. I have personally heard from at least eleven people now, so we're up to at least eleven. I, I don't think the numbers reflect that, Izzy. That's it. Seems well, like high hopes. Maybe they have two email accounts. I don't know, but. <laughs> I actually, yeah, somebody started a Patreon page so that we would quit this. You know, they, uh, <laughs> everybody would donate money so they wouldn't have to actually look at our posts. Hey, if, we get up to a th- if we get up to a thousand a month, every month we'll not record one of these. I, I, think, I think that's fair enough. Yes. Oh, that you, guys, be the you, guys, you guys sell out cheap. I, I, I'm, uh, we're at least twice that. What, a thousand a month to not do anything? I don't know. That seems like a reasonable deal. I, I don't know. Well, wow. you're, so you're saying that your not time is worth more than my time. <laughs> Basically, you know, you, <laughs> well, what you know, that If you want to put it that way, sure. <laughs> so. no. And that may be fair. I don't. Yeah, listen, you're retired. I'm still. Uh, I'm still slugging it out over here. So I, I, I haven't. I haven't recognized my value yet. We'll. Uh, we'll do a, an episode on that. I'm sure at some point. Right so, on. Um, well, you know, I always say I'm retired because I always, you know, I always figured when I was retired, I get to do what I enjoy. And I've been doing what I enjoy now for a very long time. So I, I'm retired. Mm. Well, by that stretch, I've been retired for a while now. So See, but, uh, See you're retired too. I'm not yeah, the only but, one. But uh, <laughs> but if I just leave to go, uh, you know, sailing one day, which I don't do, so I don't know why I said that. But, uh, you know, somebody's probably going to ask questions like, uh, hey, where are you going? I'm be like, I'm retired. This is what we do, right? So I packed up the car and be like, "But you have a meeting at two thirty. Like, I get it, but sailing. In 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 my mind, I I have visions of Mike floating on a body of water, going, "What the hell am I doing here? I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing on this thing. There's no, there's, I there's how no do I get back on this thing? Right? Well, I don't know. Yeah, that's what was the uh, I saw one one TV show or something where the guy was like. Oh, uh, it was that. It was that uh, Johnny or that uh, Johnny Cash uh, like parody. Was it uh, Dewey Cox or something like that? And the guy like he was like he's playing catch with his son. And he's like, oh yeah, this is this is what playing catch is like, huh? He's like, he's like oh, this really sucks. <laughs> he's like, so this is all we do. We just kind of we stand, throw the ball back and forth. We stand here and <laughs> chuckle ball at each other. Sure. Yeah, exactly okay. right. right. So that that'd be me out there on the sailboat. Like, no, oh, this this is sailing, huh? This is yeah. All right. Well, how long does this last? Is this, <laughs> right. this is a, <laughs> and is there a wood shop downstairs? Yeah. Is there is there a, like does Wi Fi work out here? I don't really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I said before in the uh, the episode of when we talked about zombies, I'm not. I'm not the guy. Don't follow me. I'm not figuring things out. So I need I need a Wi-Fi password wherever I go. It's just I'm that's just who I am. Actually, it's it's funny that you said it because my wife and I have had several conversations. We have a lot of friends that enjoy camping, and I don't I don't actually get that. I mean I I, I understand it. I don't think that anywhere where you sleep, you know, on dirt, 
or on, uh, you know, where, where somebody doesn't, you don't have the availability to go to like a Waffle House or Denny's, you know, for breakfast. Mm-hmm. It seems, it seems like we spent the last couple of thousand years getting away from that. And, uh, I'm not sure I want to readily go back to not having indoor plumbing. Yeah. And this is going to, this is going to break your brain just a little bit, but, uh, one of my favorite things to do, go camping. Nice. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no kidding at all. Yeah, that's actually, uh, I started when my daughters were, uh, was about a couple years ago. Um, we took them to Stone Mountain, which, you know, some would argue that's not really camping, but, um, you know, we stayed out in the tent and they got a, their very first thunderstorm while we were <laughs> stuck in the tent. But, um, yeah, that's nice. actually one of my favorite things to go do is. Did you watch the laser show? Uh, it bored me to tears. I'm not from Georgia and I don't care about sports. So, like, you got to get through the. Um, you know, Atlanta Braves the, and the college and the Braves yeah. and, and I'm like I would yeah and then it gets into some you know kind of weird sort of heritage stuff that you know I'm not always 100% comfortable with so right you know that, so <laughs> and, and if you got comments to leave on that don't leave them because I'll find you and give you a wedgie and make you feel like a bad person so that because I, I don't care but uh, so that, that was just like, we need to leave because this is the most boring thing I could do right now. Well, it was... Since you jumped under the bus, Mike, I'm going to jump under there with you. I, oh. I've, never, I've never watched a sports show uh, except for maybe walking through a room to see a, somebody throwing a football back. I just like the back. fact that you called it a sports show. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it is? like, go sports show, go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I have, and anybody I who's absolutely... wondering, if there's Zero anybody interest. out there, who's talking about taking Izzy's man card right now. He has a dinosaur <laughs> that's powered by a drill. So <laughs> you can't have his man card. He might take yours. So, yeah, I'm not a sports guy. I don't watch uh, – I, I watch the big ones just because, you know, like Super Bowl, some of the – I don't know, whichever one has the round ball they throw through the hoop thing. It's, it's, all, it's all sports ball. Yeah. Sports you know, ball. So. Sports ball. You watch the sports ball, and I particularly uh, like the Olympics. The uh, the biathlon is one of my favorite. You know, the whole skiing and then shooting, and then you know that's. I'm not whatever, whatever I'm not, that is. I, I have to watch that. Curling is a big one for all our fans in Canada. Canada, nice. up. you got curling in uh, Universal Healthcare, so you guys win because curling's the most awesome thing in the world. Right. <laughs> so, I I uh, I for whatever reason I have been drawn to summertime. Uh, women's volleyball, beach volleyball. I can't, I can't understand why. I can't place exactly why, uh, but it's it's the best bang for the buck. Well, and there we go. We I just don't know. got shut down for being sexist. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I um, you know, I Joel, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. So. Oh, I do. I, I have a whole list of things, but I'm not going to say any of them. I have some I wanna, websites that I can point you at, Izzy. Just, just so. <laughs> D- DM me later. No, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I um, I I don't know. You know, I never got into the sports thing. If it involved the ball, I was never into it. Now I did flirt with pride fighting back when I was in college, and not watching it actually. I, I I did that for a number of years, and um, it was a lot of fun. Pride um, fighting is that like that's that doesn't have anything to do with the gay movement, does it? Because that's no, it's fun. um, it, I guess it's MMA now or cage fighting or whatever you call it these days. Oh, I, gotcha. I, I don't follow it, don't watch it anymore, but I, I did enjoy it. I did really get into it for quite a while. 
And it was nice, all the amateur rounds I was, you know, kicking butt on, but then I, I did my first televised fight and got my rear end handed to me. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's enough of this, you know. Yeah, wow. I used to play sports, nice. so I don't, um, I played football and basketball and baseball and, you know, other nonsense when I was a kid, so I don't, um, I don't know, just the, I, I don't have a, like, I, I'm not a member of a team, like, I just don't. I think that the idea of being a member of a team or a tribe or, a, you know, it just, it, it never appealed to me to be part of a group that had to all think the same way and do the same thing. Like I, You're not going to John Lennon us, like, are you? Oh, God, no. You're, you're going to be Laffy yeah. doing his solo work now. It'd no, be just no, Izzy and I talking. No, no, it's too much. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, no, that's just, uh, yeah, I've just never been in that, into that whole thing so the whole you know being a oh you're a you know whatever panthers fan like what does that mean like how do you how do you define me now that i'm a panthers fan you know it's like yeah if they're on and they're i mean if i get tickets to a game i like to go see them but that's another story for another time so but there's a there's a group down here in in south carolina that does um there's a group uh, i can't even remember whether it's basketball or football or baseball or what it is but they're called gamecocks Mm mm-hmm so that's a lot of fun to play with, you know. Oh yeah, no, they're um, yeah, that's, uh, and again, I mean, that's you know, I don't, it doesn't bother me that people have a thing, you know, if you're, if you enjoy groups and that type of setting, then listen, life short, do your thing, but it's just not for me. So right or or Cox. Well, we or, are we are close to twenty minutes into this thing, and we haven't even hit our topic yet. <laughs> are we going to talk about this? Because I really want to talk about this. Okay, so, so here's the deal. We talked about this last episode. And, um, and I promised to do a podcast on it. Wait, I didn't I listen to the last episode. What, what did we talk about? Apparently. So, <laughs> um, so, and since I've mentioned it, um, I haven't thought about anything else. So Uh-oh. it's been on my mind the whole time. But why do people hate pocket holes? <laughs> this is this is entirely a carpentry thing. I understand there's no metalworking pocket holes that I'm aware of. So, you know, it's a if you're a welder or something like that and this doesn't make sense to you i apologize but i just can't understand why people have well, such a loathing and disdain for pocket holes and first, why that, that that's a, a sort of a a pivotable you know pivotal thing in their life that the you know, the pocket hole is too much for them i think so. first of all for those who are listening and don't know what a pocket hole is we should you know at least one of us describe what it is can i do that yes please joel it's a cheap uh Usually disparage and rightfully so joinery technique <laughs> that's used to take two pieces of wood and insert uh, and hide the shame and humiliation that is the screw itself, uh, and uh, it's buried in at a slight angle between those two joints. It could be a, a butt joint uh, at a a straight 180 degrees across. It could be a miter joint at a 45 or it could be a full square joint at 90 degrees <clears throat> on on the workpiece that you're trying to um uh dishonor a, a lofty and uh <laughs> ancient profession yeah. I, i'm so sorry was that for enough? those of you for those of you who have absolutely no idea what he just said and want to know what pocket holes are um it's a type of joinery where you can butt one piece of wood up to another you drill some very severely steep angled holes and you put a screw in there and those screws screw one piece into the other and that holds them together it's a type of joinery system commonly known as pocket hole joinery and for us who have been in the industry for 
it seems like forever, they're a godsend. They're amazing, and they make a lot of things difficult easier. Did Ikea come up with this? Ooh, no, it was actually please. invented by the Egyptians in the third dynasty thousands of years ago. Just I, so you the, know. the Ottoman Empire. They, uh, they, they pulled out an ancient battery made out of oranges and a, and a pocket hole jig. from, <laughs> from that No, fair. actually, actually what they would do is they would use wedges to clamp the, uh, the style to the leg or stretcher to the leg. And then they would drill severely steep angled holes with brass or copper drill bits or burning it holes and then they would put dowels in there with hide glue mm. that was the first pocket hole well and the, and the only reason i bring it up is i've had a few experiences with people and, and particularly you know in the social media realm i mean you don't really have pocket hole conversations in, in you know face to face and not i don't have many disparaging conversations because i'm always a just a second away from punching someone over and nothing anyway so very rare that you know people have attacking <laughs> conversations to begin with but um there when people use pocket holes there's just like you know it's an easy way to complete a thing and and for most people you know they they do that as sort of a uh, a way of starting out in woodworking they you know you're you're just not quite far enough along where you know you, you don't have a, a dedicated mortiser you you don't have um you know you, you're not really skilled in uh you may not even have the ability to cut rabbit you know rabbits in wood and you're not dovetailing, you're not doing, you know, all these sort of advanced techniques. Um, and I know that for most people, those aren't advanced techniques, but I'm thinking of, you know, beginning woodworkers and things like that. So use these pocket holes as just sort of a quick way to throw some stuff together. They're reasonably strong. I mean, it's not the strongest joint in the world, but um, they do the job. I mean, it's, you know, and people yeah. just disparage them to no end. And it's, well, I, I absolutely disagree with almost everything you just said, Mike. I like so. it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not... You know, they are a great way for entry-level folks to really build some cool stuff. I mean, you can use them to build cabinet faces. You can use them to build chairs. You can use the the joinery from the stretchers to the legs. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do with them that would be otherwise very difficult or require different equipment or techniques or skill sets that beginners just don't have. So it is a really awesome way, and it is relatively strong to – to give access to things that beginning woodworkers or people who are really not interested in becoming expert woodworkers and just want to build some cool stuff, an opportunity to use a simple type of joinery system. And that's amazing. Now, from a, from a pro side of it, you know, I've built $500,000 kitchens with pocket hole joinery in many places on that because it's quick, it's strong, and it's very, very, very easy to make some joinery th- that would be otherwise very difficult um, mm-hmm. to, to add faces to the side, to add faces to, uh, you know, uh, boxes or frames, cabinets. Um, you know, there's all kinds of little places where they won't be seen, you know, and you obviously wouldn't use them to where they would be seen. But um, in fact, the ISO, or International Standards of Operation, it has laid out, has laid out proper use of pocket hole joinery for cabinet makers and, and people working in the commercial industry. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're not something that is just for beginning woodworkers. And I would venture to say that over my career and with my employees and the stuff that I've made and everything else, pocket hole joinery has probably saved me a quarter of a million dollars easy, as opposed to, you know, using traditional joinery mm-hmm. where it really wasn't needed. And as far as the strength go, I want to touch on that real quick. Relatively speaking, when you build a box, 
you know, I, I watched a, a video uh, Matthias Wandel did kind of, you know, a disparaging negative uh, video about pocket hole joinery. And, and he put a, at, at the end, he put something together with pocket holes or no, he didn't. Um, but he put something together with some, I, I believe it was uh, a box joints mm-hmm. and he put this cabinet up on its corner you know, so the one corner of it's on the ground and the, the kitty corner's up in the air and he's sitting on it. And he, he his last comment was, try that with pocket holes. And my first thought is, who in the hell would ever sit on a cabinet corner-wise? <laughs> you know, it you don't, you, don't, you don't go out and buy a tank to drive to the grocery store. You get in the minivan and go to the grocery store. You know, you don't always need the tank. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you, you go to, the, you, you drive a tank when you're going to war, not when you're. Well, and, and for me, I mean, that was, uh, first of all, I mean, anything that, that uh, Matthias does online, I, I automatically assume is the right way. And then anything I was doing, contrary to that, is wrong because <laughs> he's friggin' brilliant. But the, I mean, right. but he's he is just, super smart. He is super smart. I'm well, not trying to I mean, take anything away from the guy. The engineer from Blackberry, first of all. Like, I mean, he's got, his mind works on a level that's just different than Everybody's, anyone else's is going yeah. to be. And he's just, and he's also the son of like a, you know, I mean, you've seen videos of his father's shop. He's got, you know, this guy built everything in the world, you know, very simple tools. Oh, yeah. Complex joinery. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't want I don't mind that he doesn't like pocket holes, you know, because <laughs> so, right. he, he's not supposed to, you know what I mean? Right. Like, but the, the problem so, I had with that is he has a large audience and people mm-hmm. tend to believe what he says right out of his, right off the get go. Mm-hmm. But not everything is perfect. You know, not everything has to be, you know, a tank, you, you know, so. Yeah. When you're building furniture, especially when you're, you know, just getting started or when you you have a client job that you need to get through, um, absolutely pocket hole mm-hmm. joinery are a godsend. They're, they really are a very interesting way, very unique way of getting things done quickly and easily. So to say that pocket holes are bad is just, you know, it's just mm-hmm. short-sighted is all it is. I was it, just it, having this conversation, in fact, with... Uh, a plumber buddy of mine who was using some garden hose and zip ties to take care of a job about a welder who is using uh, JB weld to uh, get some job done. Uh, and uh, it, it comes to the point where... I see what you're doing there. Do, do you? Do you, sir? Okay. D- does, uh, uh, I get final edit. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the pocket holes themselves are not inherently evil. The application or use of them, however, should be banned. Uh, it's it's not just a uh, a despicable way to uh, to join wood together. It's universally hated. And how could the masses be wrong? Is this he, coming? How could this this coming from the gentleman who is cutting leather with a laser. That's I, true. We wanna, I want to put things in perspective here and run CNCs has drones and minions. Well, like so, I said before, if you're if you're you know if you're hypocritical, you you have a much higher percentage of being right if you take both sides of a position. But right on. where the, the context where where I was offended, and I don't get offended, and I, I use that term sort of loosely, but um, you know, so let let's just just to kind of back up for a second, if someone takes a picture of something earnestly and puts it online, I think we can all agree that at on some level, at some point, that's something that that someone who made that is proud of that thing, right? Now, the act of taking a photo isn't like when my grandfather was a photographer, we had to go in a black room and, you know, do all this nonsense and work with silver nitrates and all this other thing and then scan it into Facebook like he used to do back in the the 1950s. Um, But, and anyone who's wondering, there wasn't a Facebook in the 1950s. But Or scanner. (laughs) 
<laughs> or yeah, or, or, his, his, or scanners and his beeper. Um, so that's right. <laughs> but so you know, so to take a picture and put it online, I mean, that's something. If you're looking for feedback, you're looking for people to kind of say, "Hey, look, I, you did a good job," and you know, not to be incredibly critical. And people just, you know, I see people going, "Well, oh, pocket holes are garbage," and you know, but and I'm like, you've got. For, for a lot of kids, you know, and kids and people, myself included, I'm not a kid, I'm, you know, my 40s, pocket hole joinery, any, anything like it, sort of that shortcut is, it's a gateway drug. You know what I mean? It's it's a, you may, I mean, look at, uh, you know, Jay Bates online, that guy, you know, Woodward, the guy, he used to build dimensional lumber, pocket holes, everything. Now he's got every plane known to man. Um, you know, he's doing all kinds of nonsense with hand tools, and he's just, uh, you know, his skill level has grown, but you look from where he started to where he is, you know, that it's just sort of that natural progression. Now, like as he says, you know, you may not have to do that progression. You know, you may not necessarily, I still use pocket holes pretty, pretty regularly. As a matter of fact, I'm building a table and some benches for a friend of mine tomorrow evening. Um, and I've already loaded the pocket hole jig up in the car. <laughs> so, um, and he doesn't do woodworking. So when I show it to him, he's going to think I'm some type of wizard. He's going to be like, wow, look at this thing, you know? Right. So, so yeah, that was just the context. And, and when I see people kind of, you know, going after like, you know, people with the, they built this thing and they're like, oh, they're not strong. They're not this, they're not that. It's like, well, I built my daughter a bed 13 years ago using pocket hole joinery. She's sleeping on it tonight. Like, it, you know, this is, they're, they're just fine for whatever it is that you want to do 90% of the time. And, and they hold up over time. Um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, to, to outright disparage people who use them, you know, is, is, is a lot different than disparaging the, maybe even the product itself, but having an opinion of something, you know, that's, Hey, that is a piece of garbage and you shouldn't use it is a lot different than, you know, Hey, that thing you made is a piece of garbage because you used it is just a different sort of mentality to take on. And sure. I think that, in in the maker community, woodworking, I mean, any, any trades, you know, that, that, that people can learn. And, and you have to be encouraging and, you know, offer good advice and just don't be a dick. I mean, you know, it's just like if you got somebody trying, help them try. You know what I mean? People that Amen. don't try, you can beat them up all you want. But, yeah, you know, it's just. Not that, to break out of my me, yeah. a bad wrestler, uh, <laughs> uh, bad wrestler. uh <laughs> character here but that's that's pretty much i think the golden rule i think i think it's don't be a dick you know if you, if you see somebody that's doing an effort on something uh you know help them out i have people come over in my shop all the time that i have absolutely no gain and it is a it, honestly it is a waste of my time with the exception of i get such joy out of it um to, to, to bring them in and say, oh, you needed this thing done. And it might take them 17 tools to do, but for me, it's, I have equipment that's slightly better than the average and I can get it done in 37 seconds where they would be struggling with it. If you, if you have, if you have a, something critical to say, then explain it critically, uh, explain it where, where you say, okay, well, we've tried that before and what you're trying to do uh is going to fail in this way and i'll tell you why um because we've been there from experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but pocket hole honestly po i don't give two shits about pocket holes pocket <laughs> hole is a fantastic technology for um 
for doing joints in things that require, uh, I don't think I'd use it on chairs very much because there are, there are particular stress points um, that have to do with the torquing of angles uh, that chairs, and uh, to be honest with you, anybody that makes chairs is amazing. Uh, chairs are probably the most underrated um, uh, engineering design ever, uh, depending on the chair itself, because it's you have to support this twisting body mass uh, several hundred times the actual weight of the chair itself, uh, and you have to do this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, people who make chairs are amazing, but it, I digress. But it, you know, countertops, uh, cabinet bases, uh, those things, uh, putting together uh pocket hole joinery is fine and anybody that says otherwise is a dick well and and not to you know (laughs) not to just make this entirely all about pocket holes even though i could do an hour and a half on it and it probably an incredibly boring hour and a half but i could definitely go um but you know people that say you know like i was giving you a hard time about at the beginning um you know people who think you know people who work with cnc machines that's not really woodworking you know it's like um, oh brother laser cutters you know i mean i've sure. heard this debate online it's like okay first of all i'm gonna go on record as saying if you're criticizing a cnc machine you probably can't afford to buy one so oh that's big talk sir uh, oh hey I, oh I'll throw it out there <laughs> so Let, yeah, it, if, i, I want to touch CNC, on this you you may not have the money to purchase one first of all and that's and that's fine. Save up, and then you could be cool like the guys that have them. But I will—I will, I will um, give you my one defense of CNC is not woodworking, which is exactly five percent of our time is dedicated to the actual CNC of parts of our products, mm-hmm. and ninety-five of it is finishing and sanding and prepping and getting everything just perfect. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch, I'll tell you what take a look at any video that has a tour of the Gibson factory where they make uh, guitars and you see those guys in there. And sometimes the CNC's do certain models. Sometimes they're hand done. Um, but they spend, they spend maybe less 3% of the time. You know, somebody has got to build up the blank. Somebody has got to put it in the machine, but by the time the machine's done with it, there's about 19 hours, um, you know, on getting those things together. For just one guitar. Mm-hmm. And it's people that perhaps overestimate the abilities of a CNC. Well, and that was one thing when I was actually in your shop when we, when we came down there to visit. I mean, seeing the, I mean, how raw those things come off the machine. Like, I, that, was, that was actually surprising to me because I figured, you know, you hit this button and then, you know, there was some type of magic and a wizard popped up in a cloud of smoke and you hit this finished product. And it's like when, you know, you see these parts that come off this, I mean, these giant table of you know just gleaming aluminum sex and wires um you know you have this part and it's you know there's still so much work to do on it you know and i was just like wow that's that wasn't my idea of a cnc machine at all i, I thought you hit a button and you got a finished product but it's, yeah like, if you, if have, you this... have one or ten things to make it's much mm-hmm. simpler to make them out of bandsaw there's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing impressive about how a cnc does what it does other than the fact that you can walk away from it that's that's the trick Mm-hmm. is that you can actually walk and do something else while that's running. Um, and by the way, don't ever leave your CNC unattended. It, <laughs> things have a tendency to blow up, especially on smaller scale CNCs. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
but uh, but that's the that's the one benefit is is you lose that guy who's who's basically a trained uh well it's two two machines there's something called a pin router and a shaper and um those two things have been you know kind of replaced by cnc technology but that's about it everything mm-hmm. else yeah. i cannot tell you how much sandpaper i buy in in a month that's all well, done by hand you know I, you know you, you get you get a lot of that you guess you see well i shouldn't see i see in less and less of you know people commenting in the back room well that's not traditional woodworking and my first answer to them is absolutely right it is not mm-hmm. You know, and neither was the table saw or the drill press or any of these other developments as they came about, or, you know, for that matter, screws. Let's just talk about the simple screw. We all use those today. Those mm-hmm. those weren't a common thing until 150 years ago, 200 years ago. They couldn't mass produce screws, so they were all made hand by hand. And that's, funny enough, pocket hole journey got a lot more popular after we started being able to mass produce screws. And when I say mass produce, I mean it took 30 people to make 1,500 screws in a day. You know, so they were expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you going back to it if you go back and look at traditional pieces of, <clears throat> of um, heirloom quality you know tables and dressers and, and these things you're going to still see pocket hole joinery in that stuff as you get older or at, you know it, 200 years ago you're going to see them they're they're there you know that's how they attach tables for many years was through a, a, a system that was very similar to pocket hole joinery now jumping back forward to the cnc stuff you know i am a firm believer that that a project that the actual act of creation does not happen in the shop. It doesn't happen with tools. It doesn't happen with a CNC. It happens in your brain. You know, the, the act of creation happens in your brain. The end result is that chair or that cabinet or that widget or that thing that is tangible that you can show people how you get from that, the actual, you know, cognitive act of that creation in your brain to the end game is up to you. Does it, you know, it doesn't matter if it's traditional woodworking or if it's a CNC or if it's laser, or if it's a pocket hole, um, as long as you're out there doing it, as long as you're creating something, as long as you're making, you know, as long as you're ta- taking the time and energy to, to, to be creative and, and to do that, who cares how it got there? Who cares if it was a CNC or mm-hmm. if you, you know, and it, it, if that's your thing, do CNC. If, if you want to stand out there like with hand tools and hand planes and, you know, cut dovetails and all that, go for it, you know, but it doesn't, that's not, it doesn't make it better than anything else. Mm-hmm. The, the well, bottom yeah. line is you went through, you had this idea in your head that you wanted to make. You wanted, you had this idea for a tangible physical object that you wanted and you made it. And then in the end, it's sitting there. You can use it. You can look at it. You can rub it with a diaper. How you get from point A to point B on, in this particular, um, isn't important you know some people when they go to california they want to walk so they can see it all and you know those are the hand tool guys they're gonna they're gonna walk some guys they want to get on a damn airplane and fly there in three hours Mm. you know so good for them that's what they want let them do whatever they want and if you enjoy the walk walk with them if you enjoy jumping on an airplane jump on the airplane it doesn't neither way is better than another well, and I've always been of the opinion if you're going to be critical about, you know, if you use the term traditional woodworking and, and you know, I, unless your shop is lit by lamp oil, you can shut up forever. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you can. Yeah, unless you're clamping I, two pieces impressed. of wood and drilling holes with copper, shut up. So. Yeah, and I'm, and, and I'm just not, I, I mean, again, it goes back to the whole kind of team thing that I was talking about before. Like, I just don't, I don't like having to, I don't like being a member of a team that, you know, then we all have to think alike and do things alike. And so, and, and, and that sort of ties back into that that uh, aspect of things but it's like if 
I'm not impressed by the way you made the thing. I'm impressed by the thing most of the time. You know, I mean, now that's, there. there's obvious caveat. I mean, there's some things that people make, and you know, like when you were, you made that uh, piece of furniture, you know, using limited tools and you're, you know, you're, you're boiling walnuts or something to make the stain. And, you know, like, like that, the, the, the process of making that was impressive. But if, when you finished, it was just this giant pile of garbage that you put together, it wouldn't be impressive. You know, it'd be the fact that you put, a ton of time into these sort of traditional processes to make that thing. If it was a piece of garbage when you were finished, then it just would have been a piece of garbage. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, so the, how you made the thing isn't anywhere near as impressive as the final thing to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that's, um, that just kind of the way I feel, you know, so if you made it with a CNC, if you made it with a, you know, bandsaw, if you, you know, however you put things together, however you decide to make things, whatever skill sets you use to, you know, kind of promote the thing in your head to reality. Like that's, do that thing and people that are critical of that, if you're happy with the end result and you can show off the end result and the majority of people are happy with the end result and people who are critical of the, the process, if, if they're just critical for the sake of being critical, you, they can shut up forever, you know. Right. But, now no, there's good advice out there to be had. You know, there's yeah. plenty of people that will give you great advice on, hey, I see what you did here. That's fantastic. If you did this, it would have done that. You know, that's listen to that as much as possible. You know, for the people you can find that, and we're we're very lucky in that regard. The group of people that we're sort of tied into in the social media world and and sort of online are very, very much like that. You know, they're not they're not sort of that goofball sort of. You know, no, we don't care. Man. To yeah, we yeah. don't care how you made it as long as you made it. You know, get a, if you want to impress me, it's not hard. Get off your butt, go. To, Buy some two by fours, you know, cut them, glue them together and make something. I mm -hmm. will be impressed, you know, get out from in front of that television, get out from in front of all that, you know, all the computers and social media crap that's available today and go out and do some stuff. That, that's what it's all about. It's about getting out and making something any way you can. If it's pocket holes, great. If it's a CNC machine, more power to you. The only thing, the absolutely only thing that I would think is demeaning and a little bit, you know, degrading is if you cut leather on a scene on a laser you know, other than that <laughs> yeah, i mean i i think that we can all agree <laughs> there's there there's no one who's going to think that that is okay i mean no, that's, I that's, agree. that's that, certainly that's not wrong. traditional leathering i don't know what is that even called <laughs> so it's I, leather, leather crafting yeah i leather. like to call it leather crapping the way i do it let's call it leathering it just leathering yes it seems it's strange and dirty of, when you say it that way. I don't know why. But. So, yes. I, I think of too much sun when you think of leathering. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a 12-year-old in, in in attitude. I can't help it. So You know, I, 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 I do have a bone to pick, though. With? Uh, with people. Um, uh, okay, because if it was me personally. No, 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 I'm fine. I seem, with you, I seem Mike, strong, but I'm very, very thin-skinned. <laughs> right. The... Uh, <laughs> The, the choice of always applying a stain to your projects, it's okay. You don't always have to stain something. Sometimes, if you want a darker color, there are species of wood that actually are a darker color. Barf. Hmm. Did you just barf at me? <laughs> yeah, I did. I figured as long as I was playing the, the mean guy, Right, right. Right. I would it's, tell you that stains are amateurish. 
It is your creation. If you're out there making something, paint walnut pink. I don't care. Just go make something. <laughs> oh, Christ. God, please don't paint anything pink. If you paint walnut, I think you should be slapped. I, I think mean, it's just... So, but that doesn't... I think I, if you're does, sitting... But if I you think... post a picture of it online, I'll still comment and say, hey, great job. But <laughs> just know in the back of my head, I'm thinking... No, man, just... Someone should break in your house when you're sleeping and slap you while you're in bed. Like, no, that's, just that's get off your butt People pay good money for something. that. Yeah, no, no, no. Screw it, man. Whatever you want to do, do it. Let your imagination run wild. And I mean... All right, un fine. Unchain, unchain your imagination. Forget the rules. Forget about everything everybody's ever said to you. And go out and have fun. That's what it's about. You know, that's you're not, what we do. You're that's not going to let me have any fun on this, are you? Okay, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You may not listen to Justin Bieber songs. This is all something we can agree on, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't listen to Justin Bieber. Uh, sorry, you lost me. <laughs> is it Bieber or Bieber? Sure. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, you lost me. I have I have uh, teenage daughters, so it's, the, oh, it's just a... man. It exists in my house. You just can't get away from it. So, well, that doesn't, then I, that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there listening to Justin Bieber. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, I, I'm one of them. So it's a, uh, you know, I, I don't say it with a lot of pride, but I don't hide it either. So <laughs> it's. <laughs> I have, I have teenage daughters as well. And they're always walking around singing songs. I have no idea where that came from, but, um, and some of them are downright embarrassing. No, not see, some of them. My daughter and I like to sing. All so of I, them. I, yeah, my daughter and I like to sing together. So um, that's you know. So I, I have to not only listen to the songs, I have to know the lyrics to the songs. So that way we can we can carry on. Can we get Can we get some of that? Uh, can we get some of that for next week's uh, show? Can you record yourself a little bit? I can. I mean, I can go live right now. Just say the. But yeah, I mean, if you want, um, I mean, recording for myself and my daughter. I mean, that's. You know, people sign contracts for that kind of stuff. So just, uh, to give it away just doesn't seem right. I mean, it's just. Uh... Well, I'm sure your daughter has a lovely voice. I can't imagine her. Uh, uh, but she, her tolerance is what people enjoy, mainly of you and your singing. Oh. I, I can only assume uh, is is what her her biggest uh, her biggest strength is. My children have learned a long time ago that. For as long as I'm alive, there there will be apologizing for Daddy. So, <laughs> there's there is no fixing that, and I and I want to be. I don't be, think they want to fix it. Well, I it, to be honest, my daughter uh, Tori, uh, I when there is that interview or that questionnaire, it says what is your biggest embarrassment in your life. I want her to be able to succinctly say my father. I I don't think there's any other correct answer. I, I, I mean, I, I think you probably failed as a dad if, if that's anything other than that. I mean, right. Right. A, yeah. right. I, I don't think it, there's, if you have teenage daughters, uh, just the, the levels of embarrassment you can cause is it, just so rewarding. <laughs> I imagine they would think differently. So. I imagine they would. <laughs> but, um, well, and, and the other thing I wanted to talk about too, not, not too, uh, as deep an extent, but just sort of the um, skills training sort of things, you know, that, that kind of go along with, so, okay, now you've got your pocket hole jig and you made your first thing. And, um, you know, when you guys were kind of starting out, and I know that, Izzy, you were just getting 
raccoons with Daniel Boone <laughs> in the 1800s. So I, you know, this hashtag is, raccoon. What is it? Raccoon fat? <laughs> oh God, no. Not again. What is it? The, my therapist just worked all of that out of my head. Fleshing. <laughs> if you want to be technical, it's called fleshing. You're fleshing the animal. <laughs> oh, I've done that a few times. Got arrested <laughs> twice. There's, well, you're supposed to do it in private, Joel. Sorry. There's that bile in the back of my mouth that I <laughs> started missing. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, just uh, for myself, I mean, my father's—he's uh, a—he's not really a cabinet maker or finished carpenter. He does, you know, construction. So I, mean, I was just kind of always around tools. But um, YouTube has been a godsend for just even getting inspiration for different ideas and trying new things and seeing the way tools work and, and different ideas for, you know, cutting cove molding on table saws and, you know, just things that you, you know, you could look at a table saw your entire lifetime and never think of. I mean, for, for me personally, um, you know, just kind of being exposed to that stuff online. Uh, you know, I, I joke all the time about Pinterest with um, the, the, the endless friggin' list of stuff that my wife, you know, has for me to do, but, it's, you know, just seeing all the ideas and kind of trying to figure out how, how did they make this? And then how would I make this, you know, with whatever uh, sort of tools and, and skills that I have. And then, you know, like I said, just seeing guys like Izzy and, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to watch Matthias, uh, you know, just to think like, Hey, maybe one day I'll be able to move wood with my mind or, you know, whatever. The hell <laughs> right <is>. on. <laughs> um, you know, or it's just seeing the way that Jimmy kind of works, Jimmy Darista works through things. You know, he's just got this kind of production shop mentality. Everything is very regimented. And, you know, it, so just being able to see those different type of mindsets and skill sets and, you know, how people use tools. I mean, for me, that's been, um, that's helped me kind of expand not only the things I feel comfortable doing, but the things I've been able to do, the things I've wanted to try, and the list of things that I want to do more of. So, um where do you guys get like ideas or, you know, additional training or skills or sort of things like that? Where does that stuff come from, from you guys? Well, pocket hole jigs mostly for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll wrap this up. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. You know, I, everywhere, you know, the world is a, the world is a canvas and it, you know, do I, I see things in, you know, all over the place. Sometimes I'll see a branch on a tree that inspires me to build something. Sometimes I'll see a, a piece of furniture at a hotel that it looks interesting, but I think could have been done a lot better and, and, and you know, go from there. Um, sometimes I, I have this idea about um, a way that I can make, uh, you know, bowls or parabolic shapes on a table saw. And, and then I, I play with that idea until, you know, and it works. Um, so it just depends on it depends on what I'm interested in at the moment and what I'm looking at at the moment. But um, you know, it, it's uh, it's also you know seeing for me being able to see all the projects online and that I will tell you guys that is my favorite thing in the world when people share projects. And I wish I had more time to to just you know you know comment and look and and, and reinforce people's um, you know uh, drive to do that. But it's, it's really cool to see everything and all the energy that people are putting into creating and, and making stuff. And um, it's just one of the most exciting things for me to see, you know, because every time I see that, I know somebody went out and, and they spent energy and time and a lot of time and a lot of times they're, they're hard earned money uh, to create this object, this thing that will now live in the world for, you know, who knows, 20 years, 100 years, 500 years, who knows how long it's going to be around. 
but that in the, in and of itself, you know, is a legacy to each person that goes out and does that stuff. So, and when you have a community of people that are continually building up this legacy, it's it's a pretty amazing thing to witness. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I think there's a, I I think the YouTube community, uh, and and it didn't actually used to be a community. It used to be a bunch of guys in their garages. And they would show off what they knew or what they were learning or what they found in another magazine or, or, uh, or a technique that they developed, <clears throat> Izzy. Um, and, <laughs> and so you would have this. And now we kind of get a little bit more organized. And the content is even greater now. And yeah. I don't think I... I think probably... I think I know maybe 80% more about the crafts I'm interested in um, just because of that community. I, I think it's a, I think I started on it somewhere down the line, uh, like with wood, woodworking. My, my grandfather had a wood shop uh, as a hobby, and um, I was able to use some of the tools when I was young, and it was fun. And my dad was an electrician, and, and he had all sorts of construction equipment around and wire and soldering and all that stuff. And I learned some of that, but the depth of knowledge that everybody brings into it when they, you know, they kind of do the research for you and they make this project and you go, Oh, well that really complicated thing. Isn't all that complicated when you break it down in that many parts. Yep. And that in itself is an education, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just knowing how to put a thing you're interested in, whether that's, you know, leather making or, or woodworking or, or, uh, uh, you know, glass blowing, you know, who knew these things, you know, it's, it's not something that you go walking around on your day to day, you know, trips, you know, to target and, you know, the grocery store and, and you see this information out there, but now it's at your fingertips and it's, it's immense. It's, I think, Honestly, and I, I, I said this on a particular post, um, I think I could probably do brain surgery if given half the day and uh, somebody had a very good detailed YouTube content on it. You know, it's, 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 you get to that point where, wow, it's really easy to find the information that took people degrees to do. You know, working on cars, working on HVAC. I work on my own HVAC now. You know, I, I could have never done that five years ago. I wouldn't know which I, way it was up. I can't be the only one sitting here listening to you talk about that, hoping they don't repeal Obamacare. Yes. <laughs> if, if it comes up, I have to go to the missing digit wood shop. I'm not even. I'm, on. I'm going to be very disappointed. That's in our true. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not kidding when there, there have been, uh, maybe not brain surgery, but there have been some medical things that we have looked up to deal with that you wouldn't have had access to without people describing these things. Um, well, and, and to that point too, there's, I mean, there's so much of the, I mean, like I watch stuff that I'll never do. Like there's a, the, <clears throat> some YouTube channel called man at arms where they make like, um, Oh yeah. You know, they make swords and like all this, you know, they, they make the captain America shield and, um, you know, just sort of all these things. I mean, it's, it's blacksmithing and there is zero chance. I mean, by the time I die, I will have done exactly zero blacksmithing. Like it's just, that is just not something I'm going to, I think that's near. a challenge right there. Somebody out there 
needs to get laughed at. Kidnap me and put Rory, me in front of Rory, an Rory, are you listening? Mr. Rory Smith, yeah. are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> needs to kidnap him and put him in front of an anvil. Mm-hmm. I can see me to fill out the police report. So, so tell me what happened. Uh, they duct taped my face, and, and then he put a hammer in my hand, and then there was a hot iron ingot. <laughs> like, well, then what happened? You know, then they're going to get weird and be like, well, he made me hit it with a hammer until it looked like a sword. Like, what? And then I not... made a claymore. You yeah, know. this is this is not oh, no. what I thought this was going at all. You made a shimtar. Is that? I mean, why are you even here? So I want to. Um, I you know I think that you know you both kind of are, are touching on a subject that I think you know, especially from my perspective, is important, um, and that is that not everything you see on YouTube is something you should try. Uh, you know, I saw there's a video out there of some weirdo making a bowling ball on a table saw. Now, there's a lot of crazy forces involved and a lot of physics involved. And that's, you know, unless you know exactly what's going on and exactly how to handle that situation, it's just not safe. Don't do it. You mm-hmm. know? So I, I like, would like brain surgery. Like you should yeah, not be doing brain surgery. Yeah, you probably, you probably don't go shouldn't. watch a YouTube video and then offer to do brain surgery on your kid or your wife. Mm-hmm. Just don't no, do no, it. no. Obviously, obviously, I wouldn't do brain surgery on anybody I cared about. Yeah. And I'm Clearly. not. And I'm not trying to compare, you know. Uh, woodworking to brain surgery and i'm, I'm not i don't want to do that i just you know woodworking saying, is clearly harder I'm obviously saying, you can't get splinters from brain surgery right no, no one ever does you know i'm just i'm just saying don't just because you saw it doesn't mean you should try it well and, and my point to that even though i know it never gets to points quickly is the um seeing guys like doing blacksmithing and you know brain surgery and bowling balls and whatever the hell else people are doing it's even though it's stuff that I may never do, like just seeing it and seeing people that are capable of doing it, it, it kind of, it's almost, uh, to some extent, it's, it's got like this emboldening force behind it where you, you feel like, well, you know, I'm probably more capable of the thing I feel comfortable with because, I mean, here's a guy who's, you know, he's, he's taking a, you know, this thing and putting it in clay and then he makes a sword out of it. You know what I mean? It's just like it, just seeing all of, like watching creative people be creative, there's sort of an energy to that, you know, and even if it's stuff that I'm never, ever going to do, um, just knowing that there's people out there that are capable of doing it, it's just got this kind of feeling of, you know, well, they're out there doing this thing that they love and they enjoy and they you know, clearly have a skill set, you know, beyond measure for the thing they do. You know, it, when I get out there and, you know, it, when you, it just kind of takes some of the timidness away from me, you know, just constantly seeing people who are just being creative and, and pushing for that thing they love and, you know, just doing the thing that they really, really enjoy and being very good at it. It, it brings a lot. I just, I get this feeling of like, if I, if I binge on an afternoon of like all this woodworking and, and, you know, all these nonsense videos of things that I'll never do, I just feel like I have to get, into my space, you know, I have to go do the thing I want to do. I have to, you know, I just, so in that, that, um, I think you get a lot of that from seeing these people, even if they're doing things you're not ever going to try, you know, I, I think that that kind of pours into you at least a little bit, you know, on, on maybe on some sort of subconscious level that there's probably a YouTube video that explains, you know, but I just right. don't, um, you know, I, I get that kind of feeling from it and, and I'm, and I'm thankful for it. You know, I don't know how, my my grandfather, you know, I don't I don't know how they ever did anything. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's like uh, with all the information we have available, it's amazing to me that, um, you know, that the, there were people that created the things we have already. You know, it's like 
it, it's uh, just a different different world. It's such a such an interesting time to you know be alive and have access to information. It's a you know something I try not to take for granted. So right on. I well, um go ahead, Izzy. No, I was just saying we're getting towards the end of our show here, and, and right. I know I, that there's some I, people that don't that don't probably aren't a hundred percent on pocket hole joinery. So I wanted to offer some opportunities for them to kind of discover what we're talking about and perhaps make it easier for them to try to make something, get out and build something. And um, I'd like to I'd like to take this opportunity to shout out a couple of channels that I just saw using pocket hole joinery. First one is uh, fix this, build that. Um, Brad Rodriguez does a really good job of putting together a beautiful lathe stand using pocket hole joinery. And the other is the Rogue Engineer on YouTube. Uh, they He and his wife just built this really good-looking, nice patio set, again, using pocket hole joinery. So mm -hmm. if you're not sure what pocket hole joinery is or you just want to see it being used in a really cool way, Go check out those two channels. Fix this, build that, and Rogue Engineer. Excellent. And I wanted yeah. to say, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Before I, we have a user, que uh, uh, a listener question that that was uh, last week that I want to get to. Before that, I want to say, Izzy, when you say to people like you know, not imitating somebody that's making a bowling ball on a table saw, um, I think we can qualify that just slightly with unless you've worked your way up to where you feel confident you can make a bowling ball on a table saw that i'm nervous about even saying that because i've seen some guys out there that are very confident in what they do but just don't have the skill set yet you know um well that's the old joke how does every yeah how does every story of a redneck's deaths begin hey y'all watch this right right, so, yeah, right now. hold my beer yeah, yeah I, don't you know, uh, don't don't make a friggin' bowling ball on anything other than a bowling ball making machine. So right. that's not. <laughs> well, okay. So to be fair, like on a, on a table saw, they're they're inherent, you know, damaging functions like that are just if you're using it correctly, these things go wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, so occasionally, and I won't, I wouldn't say in any one particular shop or any one particular person <laughs> doing this, we occasionally hold. No, I'm sorry. This these people occasionally hold competitions of how far they can get the piece of wood out the back door of the shop uh, with the table saw, uh, basically causing kickback. Um, and I won't I won't explain how they do this because that's ridiculous and stupid. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of fun to see a chunk of two by four go fifty feet, uh, but but definitely uh, don't do that. And I I won't. Um... To, to add to that, I won't mention that I know a guy who built a magazine that mounts over the top of a table saw blade and you drop a bunch of blanks in it and it shoots like a machine gun out to the back, out the garage door. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm just going to edit out this last 10 minutes. I entirely. would definitely <laughs> never, ever, ever do that. In fact, yeah, I, I, I know the guy and he actually videotaped it and was going to put it out in the world and then realized you know what that's about the dumbest thing i could possibly do i mean he could possibly do is put that yeah. out in the world and inspire other people to do that kind of crap you know i feel a little inspired um so listener question okay so uh <laughs> listener question this is josh over at the pie workshop work 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 uh wood work hold on i'm getting to it sorry Josh at butchered name yeah, woodworking. Um, Thanks for the question, Josh. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Uh, 
There will uh, also be no link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so the the question is, uh, this is the pie workshop on Instagram. It says, when you want to hire people, what is more important, skill or personality? Personality. Depends on the job. If you're good at what you do, you can teach any. You can teach most people to do anything. If they're not going to fit well within your group, don't hire them. Um, I would say that. So for me, I do sales for a living. So personality is personality is actually the skill we're looking for. Um, so that's kind of a cheat for that. Um, when my for my father's business, when we were hiring. Um, people for jobs, depending on the job, it was really skill related. Uh, you know, the, um, personality, you can actually, you can manage personalities better than you can manage skill sets to some extent, depending on how specific the project is that you're doing. Now, if you're just, you know, if you're in a shop like Izzy's talking about where you have, you know, your production furniture and you can kind of widgetize things, you know, hey, this is the thing you do, and this is only the thing you can train that probably pretty easily. Yeah. Um, especially if you have somebody that you that you mesh with well from a personality standpoint. But when you're dealing in, like my father does um, new home construction, you know, the, the jobs that they do are very broad, so the skill set is very important. And like I said, I mean, for me, personality is the skill. So. Right. Um, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I would not hire somebody to do brain surgery for their personality. Um, you know, that being said, if in a wood shop, in a shop itself, if you haven't built or designed the piece well enough that you can train somebody to do it, you've not done your job, you know. So, uh, it, you know, if you want to make money at this in the furniture world, uh, you've better designed the piece of furniture well enough that you can take somebody off the street and train them how to do it. Otherwise, you're, you're probably not going to be OK making money at it. Yeah, I, I think I would agree that personality is probably the, the foremost on that because it's, um, and in my job, it's slightly different, uh, I think, than most people's position, which is my business is my hobby. So it's something that I choose to do. Like I could do a couple of different things in this life to make probably more money than what I make now. And this is that thing that I want to be doing. So to have somebody that wouldn't mesh uh, would kind of be pointless and, and has been pointless in the past. So, you know, we had to make some changes. Um, so personality was important because it's at the end of the day, I have to spend eight hours with them. And why, why would I want to spend eight hours with a jackass? Mm -hmm. I don't think there's, I mean, it, it I'm not seem... saying anything, Joel. I'm, no, just, I'm... I'm just all I'm thinking is there's no way you can get away from yourself at this point. So. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, I mean I I have I have like I'm at a hundred percent. I don't need a hundred and one percent jackassery. Right. So so it's there's no there's no sense in at least in my job where I have to deal with people, um, you know, in, in the quality that has to come from their work and them also be a jerk about it or something. I can't, I think you're looking for personality. So Josh, I, I if, you, if you're gleaning, since, I was going to say, uh, Josh, if you're gleaning anything from this, it's really more about the position that you're hiring for, whether you need, whether personality or skill set is more important. So, well, I want 
I want to be able to thank Josh um, for letting me work my my very first and, and potentially only bumper sticker moment into this whole conversation. But, right on, right on. Um, but uh, forget personality and forget skill. You always want to try to hire the person that can replace you. So Ooh, the linchpin. That's the you throw everything else out. If you can if you can hire the person that can replace you as the manager, your life becomes exponentially easier for the rest of time. So that is the that is the thing you want to look for first. That's a whole nother topic. We should actually have a topic about this, or, or a whole show about um, you know, talking about hiring and, and finding the right personality and the right skill sets and oh, all that. That'd be we'll great. do it next. Episode nine. <laughs> yeah, I, I do because there's there there are a lot of like that's actually what a, I do for a living. So, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's, could... it's it's a really uh, it's a really interesting thing when you're trying, to, especially your first person that you're trying to hire, is like uh, it's it is amazingly rewarding and nerve wracking at the same time. All right, boys yes. and girls, I think we're getting towards the end here. Yeah. So uh, thank you to all and everyone who is still listening through all of this trollishness about pocket holes and CNC machines. Um, uh, Joel. Yes. The, the uh, taking on the bad guy position for us uh, at the outset. You're where welcome. Can our, uh, where can our 11 listeners find you, sir? Well, you can find me. Actually, I'm going to do a shout out to our uh, Instagram uh, at maybe podcast where you can, if you feel the urge to have a question poorly or, 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 or amazingly answered, depending on your opinion, um, go and ask us a question. We'll try to answer a couple of questions a week as people come up to them. Um, it helps folks that are actually actively, you know, looking into the business side of their, of their, uh, hobby. Uh, we've all been there. So it's, it's a good way to talk to our folks. Yes. So yes, hit yes. us up at, um, at maker podcast. Maybe, maybe. Not maker. <laughs> right. Jesus. You guys make it hard. Look at Somebody this. is up at his bedtime. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mr. Izzy. Uh, actually, I'm going to follow Joel's lead and shout out the Instagram. Obviously, there's the IzzySwan.com. You can find me over there. But um, I'm trying to beef up my Instagram a little bit. And that is, believe it or not, IzzySwan underscore woodworking. Nice. Well, and you can find us, guys, the uh, the website, maybe I've said too much.com. Um, all of our uh, social media is all the same. It's at Maybe Podcast. So you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or the, the Twitter-ish things. Uh, Joel manages all those. If you have questions, comments, feedback, um, you want to talk about how leather making on a CNC is just blasphemy and, and people need to be shot for that, just hit us up. Joel responds. We make fun of you before we do, but it's fun, so just go do it. Um, we, we make fun of you while we respond. Absolutely, yeah. So there's just, uh, and we butcher your name, so you've got that to look forward to. So, um, but uh, yeah, hit us up on all that stuff. Check us out. I don't have a website or a thing to promote ever, so, um, you know, don't, uh, don't look for me. But, uh, but thank you very much to everyone for uh, stopping by, spending an hour with us if you made it this long, and uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, Joel, Izzy, Fletching, <laughs> Mike, is th- we never need to talk about that again. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Um, I can't 
can't believe Joel's putting leather on Laser Man. I don't know if we can have him around. Listen, bacon or er, raccoon fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody.